What's up, guys? Welcome back to the All Day Buffalo podcast. It's a beautiful day to record some Bills-related content. It's a beautiful day to be listening to the All Day Buffalo podcast. I'm recording this on a Friday, so my vibes are extremely positive. Um, I'm excited to get talking about this. Um, and this comes out on a Saturday. And uh, talk about positive vibes, there's, there's, there's no better day in the week. Um, So let's make it a little bit better with another good episode of the All Day Buffalo podcast. This week, we are doing another Mafia medley type type show. We are going to go through three different topics that I chose, um, talk about them a little bit. And for this week, it is um, a little bit different than last week's. We will be going into my tweet bank. Um, I asked a question on Twitter and asked for some replies. A couple of my BIB brothers um, wrote in that, and a couple of other people that are just of my uh, some of my followers. So I thank you if you did reply to that. Um, so with no further ado, let's get it started with the Mafia medley part two. All right, now that we have the that we have the intro squared away, let's get into the Mafia medley. Um, and if you for some reason missed the beginning of this. Uh, this is just me going through some popular uh, topics that have been happening in the off season. Um, they might be hypotheticals, they might be factuals. Um, it is really just what I think will be the most entertaining to listen to. Um, so we are going to start it off at number one. And oh yeah, I will get to the tweet banks at the end of the episode. So I'm going to go through my thoughts on all three, and then it's kind of a mixed bag. Everyone kind of weighed in on everything. So we are just going to save that for the end. Um, So make sure you stay. If you were one that did reply, make sure you stay so you can hear what I think about your comments. Um, So let's get it started. Number one, I got expectations for the D-line. First of all, how I'm going to start this off is these guys are looking huge. And now I have this picture pulled up of the D-line um, and I think everyone that is listening to this, if you are Bills Mafia, you saw this picture on Twitter um, or Instagram, and it is a picture of all of the D linemen uh, and edge rushers on the uh, Buffalo Bills, and these guys are looking absolutely yoked. Um, for starters, I mean, I made a tweet about this the other day, uh, Justin Zimmer, my goodness, this guy looks like he put on a ton of muscle and he's fast. Um, we know him as a really um, opportune, opportunistic player, um, somebody that is going to make the right play when the moment is the brightest. Um, we saw it last year in that Patriots game. It really looked like the Patriots were going to beat us with that shambly squad that they had last year. Um, and Justin Zimmer said, no, sir. Um, and he came out of nowhere, stripped the ball from Cam Newton, and made, honestly, one of the biggest defensive plays outside of Taron Johnson's pick sixes. Um, that was unreal. I think, I think Justin Zimmer could play a really, really big part in this D-line success uh, this year. You know, he's kind of somebody that flew completely under the radar last year. Um, practice squad body at the most is what a lot of people were thinking. And then he was making big splash plays in the regular season um, and in the postseason as well. So I definitely think that Zimmer has a really, really good opportunity this year to continue uh, what he was doing last year and to get even better 
and really make this D-line something special. So I wanted to look at this picture and give you guys my top three big-ass dudes. These guys are huge. Uh, this was very difficult to come down to top three, so I have two honorable mentions. But my top three are Zimmer at number one, just because I, I think it, because I didn't know he was this big. or it, I didn't know if he had just got this big, but this guy is massive. So he's number one. Rousseau and then Boogie Basham. Rousseau is just tall like this guy is so tall and for him to be that tall and this jacked is just unreal I cannot wait to see him play on the defensive line and then Boogie Basham also looks huge you know just all these guys are obviously NFL D linemen so they're going to be big but they the this picture just excited me so much um, for the NFL season coming up uh, but my honorable mentions are Daryl Johnson and Harrison Phillips. Harrison Phillips is looking massive too. Um, I just can't wait to see these guys get back in action. I love Daryl Johnson's game. I love that he is a special teams ace. I love that he can make a big difference on a unit that doesn't get a lot of shine um, a lot, but it is a very um, important unit. So he he's going to continue doing what he does, being the best one of the best special teamers on the team. Um, so I'm really, really excited about that. And my final thoughts on the D-line. If this D-line plays to their size, if they look, if they play like they look in this picture, they can be really, really impactful. And it's just what the Bills' defense needs. The defense, the defensive line last year was definitely underwhelming. Uh, we were missing Starla Tulele, who could, and that is a big could, make a big difference on this team. We can't put it all on Starla Tule's shoulders, though. That's not fair to Star, and it doesn't really make much sense. All these guys have to be in unison doing much better than they were last year. I think the addition of Gregory Rousseau and Boogie Basham will help this line. Uh, they get to play with one of the best edge rushers um, in recent Bills history in Jerry Hughes. And he is going to be very, very um, important for their growth and for their success on the field. Uh, so I'm really, really excited about that. The D-line is going to be a unit that I'm care carefully and closely watching in 2021 because th their step up can be so massive that it's going to be really, really impactful to the winning success or the winning potential of this team. Um, so I'm very, very excited about that. So let's go on to number two. Number two is a question, and it is dome or no dome? Dome as in, are the, are the Buffalo Bills better off with a domed stadium? Um, I have a couple pros and cons to having a dome. Obviously, a pro, a pro to, no, to no outdoor field is the no weather. Um, you don't get the effect of the snow. You don't get the effect of the cold. Uh, they can be heated in the winter and cooled off during the summer. So there's no elemental factor to playing in a dome. Um, it is a very controlled environment. Um, the next pro that I have is the potential for a Super Bowl to be played in Buffalo. I know that this is kind of unlikely, um, and you will see the reason why in um, – in my tweet bank uh, segment of this show. So, but it does still 
kind of it, it, it makes a, a Super Bowl in Buffalo a much more viable option. Uh, there never be a Super Bowl in Buffalo, obviously because of the snow and the cold. Um, no one's going to want to travel there. It's also the, the 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 Orchard Park is also not downtown. It's not an attractive destination for the NFL to put a, a Super Bowl. The the only uh, the only way you could get the Bills to play a Super Bowl in Orchard Park is if only Bills fans bought out the tickets and the Bills were in the Super Bowl. Um, it's just not likely that Roger Goodell is going to want to do that. Um, so that is a pro, but it is kind of an, an unrealistic pro. Um, and another pro is Josh Allen's play in controlled elements and nice weather. Uh, we all know that Josh Allen, he's a California boy. Um, he did play in Wyoming, uh, but it doesn't have as much of inclement weather as um, Buffalo does. But we know that Josh Allen plays better in these hotter, um, more controlled places. Um, he played really well in Dallas. He, he plays well in most domes. Um, he always plays well in Miami. We know that he is the father of the Miami Dolphins. So that would be a pro. Um, always knowing that Josh Allen is in the perfect conditions for his game to, um, to be the best that he is. Um, but let's get to the cons. No weather. <laughs> so I have no weather as both a pro and a con. No weather also takes away a, an advantage that I think the Bills have. Even though Josh Allen might struggle a little bit more in the cold rain or the snow, I think that it's still an advantage when you're playing against a team such as, you know, maybe the Saints, the, the Dolphins, uh, any hot weather team, the Tampa Bay Bucks, all these teams that don't know cold, that don't understand um, how much of an effect that cold can put on your game, um, it can it can really change the way a game is played too. You know, like if it's snowing and it's snowed two feet, you're not going to be throwing the ball a lot. You know, and and that can that can go against the Bills because they are a pass heavy team. But it also just changed, changes the landscape of the game for the other team as well. So that is definitely a con, um, and a con that works against the Bills in a lot of, um, in a lot of ways. To so go on to the next con, uh, this changes the identity of Bills' home games. And what I mean by this is if we move the stadium, if we change the stadium, you know, it kind of it kind of gets rid of the history of Bill's Stadium, of of the Ralph, of Orchard Park, of all of that. It you know it takes away from the culture of the Bills home games, um, rowdy outdoor rain or shine or snow uh, type fans that are going to show up and give it their all every single week, no matter what. Um, I'll never forget. I went to my first Bills game in 2017. I grew up in Maine. I went to college in North Carolina. I live here now in North Carolina. So going to a Bills game was never really, was never really feasible. I was always very far away, um, but I always wanted to go. So I finally got to go in 2017, and it was the most amazing experience that I've ever had at a sporting event. I've been to plenty of sporting events. I've been to Fenway Park, Yankee Stadium, uh, NC State's football team's games, um, all these all these places with really good 
environments and really good, uh, you know, like fan culture around them. Um, and nothing equates to what it's like in Orchard Park. You know, you, you got to go to believe it. And I think if you make this stadium a dome and you make it all modern and whatnot and put all this money into it, I think that kind of takes away from what Bills fans know. I know Bills Mafia wouldn't change a bit, but it, it definitely would change. You know, like the, just the, the electricity in the building. I think that building is made for sound to just stay inside of the stadium, um, even though there's no top on it. It, it. It's just, you know, it, it's one of those things. If you've ever been to a dome or a basketball game, like inside of an arena, and you listen to the crowd in there and then you go to a Bills game and you listen to the crowd, even though it's outside, it's so loud. It's so deafening. It's so fun. And I think that moving the Bills into downtown and into a dome would take away a lot of, a lot from that. Anyway, I think it would also take away from tailgating, which is one of the most important parts of going to a Bills game, obviously. Um, so, I think you can tell where I'm going with this and what my standpoint is on this, but let's go to the next con and it would probably move into downtown Buffalo is that con. Um, I was just talking about this. I don't think the, the bill stadium should be in downtown Buffalo. I think that orchard park has, has created the, the legacy of having bills games there. Um, you know, generations of generations will remember the Bills playing in Orchard Park. And if you move it downtown, it's just not going to be the same. It's not the same environment. Um, It's not the same vibe at all. And I think that moving it downtown, it wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt the, the amount of ticket sales you would, you would get, but it would also jack up the prices. So maybe it would, um, because it's in a newer stadium um, and it's in downtown and it's just in a, in a more um, bustling area. Uh, But as you can see, my standpoint on this is no dome and keep it in orchard park. Um, You know, keep with, with what's working. Um, If you renovate uh, the Ralph, then do that. But um, I don't think there's really any point in moving into, into a dome just yet. Um, even though it would help out Josh Allen in his, in the way that he likes to play in controlled of our environments. Um, but I am team no dome for sure. So let's move on to number three. Um, this is my last topic for the mafia medley and it is Josh Allen and Tremaine Edmonds fifth year options. And they both got their fifth year options exercised, meaning they will have, they will get paid on that fifth year, um, in their fifth year um, and they will not have to re-sign a contract after their fourth year. And they were both in their fourth year. So I think these guys are perfect examples of why the fifth, fifth year option is a thing. We need another year of Tremaine as frustrating as that may be. And we, we do need another year of Josh Allen. I, I know that he was elite. He was extremely elite, but you can always use another year. And if you have the fifth year at your disposal, then, then perfect. Then use it. Um, it. Say Josh Allen popped off this year, you know, like or in his fifth year, and they had already re-signed him. 
now they're ta- they're 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 tied down to a contract um, that might not suit him, um, and then he might get upset with that. I don't think he's that guy. I think he's going to be a Buffalo lifer, but I think it is also um, important to say that Bean is a careful guy, and he's going to use all the tools he can to make the best decisions. Um, so back to Tremaine. Tremaine Edmonds has been a very very hot topic um, in the Twitter world, in Bills Mafia's world. Um, it, basically the argument goes is Tremaine Edmonds, this elite linebacker that we have seen before that we know he has in him, or is he not, is he not that guy that we think he is? Um, and excuse me, like I, like I said before, this is a perfect reason to use the fifth year option. Um, we can use this fifth year option to then further evaluate Tremaine Edmonds and get a a better idea at what a fitting contract would be for him. Is he that pro, perennial Pro Bowl guy that is going to finish his career with eight to ten Pro Bowl visits? Is is Josh Allen that guy that is going to be All Pro, Pro Bowl level, year in and year out? Is he going to be the next? Is he going to finish in the top, say, ten of quarterbacks of all time? Is he going to be? the best Bills quarterback of all time. Is he going to win a Super Bowl with the Bills? All these questions can be answered after you see another year of Josh Allen development and Tremaine Edmond development. So it's very, very important, in my opinion, to look at these two players and, you know, carefully, carefully look at them and see is the fifth is a big extension worth it? Are we going to be tied down to somebody for say take Josh Allen for example? I don't think this. I think that he's going to keep progressing. I think he's going to get even better next year because that's just what he does. If you look at his trajectories through year one and three, through year one through three, he he isn't he isn't going anywhere. Like he he's getting better and better. And even if he takes a small step back from last year. He's still playing at an MVP level. Say he throws 35 touchdowns and runs in six. You know, he's, he's still putting up gaudy numbers. So you're going to pay the guy. If he can just keep this up or get even better, he's going to be a top five paid player in the league, probably top three. Um, he's going to be right up there with Mahomes, and he deserves it. Um, Tremaine Edmonds, he's going to need to show Bills Mafia and the Bills organization a lot. Um, he's going to get re-signed, but he's going to need to show them a lot to get the money that he probably thinks he deserves. Um, I think he is going to have a great year. Uh, a lot of people are saying since Starla Tulele is back, it's going to be Tremaine Edmonds and Ed Oliver season. And part of me really, really hopes to see that. Um, it, but like I said earlier in this episode, it is not all up to Star. Um, Star isn't going to be the savior. He is a year out of football. Um, he is a year out of playing football, not even like being in football shape. You have to play football and you have to be in the games to really understand what it's, or to, to really know what it's like to be on the field. A lot can change in a year, new players, uh, new good teams, uh, it, new defensive schemes. It, it all, it all weighs in. And if Starla Tule has been getting after it, if he's been, um, you know, head in on the organization as of last year, um, 
then I think that, that Star can have a really big impact and he can help out um, Ed Oliver and Tremaine Edmonds in their development. Um, but can't put it all on Star. It is not all Star. It is Tremaine Edmonds battle to battle. And um, it same goes for Josh. You know, obviously Star is not going to help Josh. But, but Josh Allen is going to have a lot of expectations this year and he's got to live up to them. Um, I think he will. He is my favorite player, and I think he is—he is—he's the truth for sure. Um, I'm excited to see what he does. So that is all I have for the Mafia medley um, for my my takes on him. So now let's take a look at my tweet bank on Twitter. Let me pull this up real quick. I'm going to go to this tweet. And there it is. Sorry for the delay. So I'm going to go first with my guy, Charlie Gross, TTP Charlie on Twitter. Thank you for chiming in here. He says, under the D-line's expectations question, he goes, I will say that I think by the second half of the year, it will be noticeable that they are putting more pressure on QBs without blitzing. I think that is... Absolutely correct. Um, Putting pressure on QBs without blitzing is a really, really important part of football. We are seeing it more and more. Teams that have elite edge rushing and elite defensive lines. We look at the Washington football team, who we will play in 2021. It's going to be an exciting matchup. We see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who absolutely throttled the Kansas City Chiefs, mostly single-handedly. From, from rushing Patrick Mahomes, from making him look scared. Edge rush and defensive line pressure is a really, really important thing. So I really like that take from Charlie. Um, on to number two, he says, they will not, th- there will not be a Bills stadium with a dome. It is too expensive. I agree. Too expensive, and I think it takes a lot away from, from the Buffalo home field advantage. Um, number three, now that the salary cap number is known for 2022, I expect a Edmonds contract extension this summer and then a restructure next year to spread out the fifth-year option money. I love it. Thank you for chiming in, Charlie. Um, my guy, Mark Bulkley, he goes, got to have a retract- retractable roof. Open on nice days, closed on crappy days. And don't forget hosting a Super Bowl with the roof closed. Just like I said, Super Bowl probability goes way up. Um, a retractable roof, that is a beautiful idea. It was actually what I was thinking when I first said dome or no dome. I said, why not both? Um, that's super expensive, I'm sure. Um, a, lot of, a lot of places have retractable roofs. I'm, I'm pretty sure like the Texas Rangers or something has it. Um, that is a different sport. But I think someone also mentioned that in this comment section. So we will take a look. Um, my guy, Dave Myers, DM three B I B on Twitter. He goes team, no dome respect. I'm right there with you, dog. Um, Michael Anderson, who spoiler alert may be a guest on this show coming up in the next couple of weeks. So let's see what he has to say. He's talking about the D line. Uh, he goes big expectations. FA is a sleeper to be huge with Starback. That will make everyone better too. He says this is a big year for Oliver and AJ as well. Um, 
all completely factual. F.A. is a sleeper. F.A. Obata is a sleeper. He's another guy in that picture that just looked extremely massive. He's standing in the back, and it almost looks like he's tall, tall, as tall as everybody. But no, no, he's not. He, if he comes up to the front, he's going to be towering over everybody. I think if he can find a roster spot, he's going to have a, big, uh, he's going to have a nice shot at uh, doing something big this year. Uh, Michael Anderson on dome or no dome. He says dome. I hate cold weather, but open stadiums are cooler for baseball and football. And number three, he says both. So thank you, Michael Anderson. Hope to have you on the show soon. Uh, Buffalo on the brain with Vince Taylor. My guy, Vince Taylor, another BIB member. Uh, He goes, team no dome is also team cheaper tickets. Uh, Buffalo probably won't get a Super Bowl anyway. Uh, They did Super Bowl in India, and it wasn't so well received because because of the cold. Um, especially for traveling fans, and it could happen, but I'm not optimistic. So I like this take. Um, Team No Dome is definitely where it's at. Uh, It is where I reside. Um, Buffalo probably won't get a Super Bowl. It's just kind of the truth. Um, As sad as it is, it's just kind of a city that's looked at as, you know, a rough and tumble city. It's not not a glamorous one. You know, they, they have the Super Bowl... In, in cities like Miami, they have them in L.A., they have them in those big places for a reason. Uh, Dallas, you know, they just the, the bigger markets are where the Super Bowls are going to be, uh, and that just makes sense on a business standpoint um, for the NFL. And lastly, Michael Lisman, the caveman, um, another BIB member. As you can see, the BIB members were coming in hot here, uh, so thank you all. Um, he says, no dome, weather is a part of the mafia. And that is 100% facts. The weather is a huge factor in coming to Buffalo. You know, teams are afraid of playing in Buffalo because you never know, there might be a lake effect blizzard happening in the stadium during the game. Uh, we saw it in the snowball a couple of years back um, where a couple of great memories were made. I, I posted a video of Nathan Peterman throw, throwing a beauty to Kelvin Benjamin, and I was like, this was probably the highlight of Nathan P- Peterman's career. And then you had um, LaShawn McCoy running in that like 30-yard scamper through the snow, um, and it was just an awesome game. Um, and Bill's Mafia was out in, in full effect. Uh, everyone was still there, even though it was fucking freezing. Um, and snow falling on them at a ridiculous rate, but that's what the mafia does. So that is all I got. Thank you, people who were in my Twitter mentions. Um, I love you guys for that. So what's coming up next week? I am lining up some guests. For the first time ever, the All Day Buffalo podcast is going to have guests. Um, I'm very, very excited for this. Um, I think it's going to be really, really good for the show. I'm excited to have some dialogue thrown in here um, so you guys don't just have to listen to me talk for 30 minutes. Um, The episodes might be a little bit longer, probably aiming for like 45 minutes, just to kind of, you know, add some more time for my guests to speak as well. Um, So, like I said, all I got, thank you guys for checking in on a Saturday or whenever you guys are listening to this. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, Make sure you leave a review if you can. Make sure you... Follow us on Twitter at Built in Buffalo underscore. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at All Day Buffalo. My name is now Eli, not 24-7 Bills. I've rebranded, uh, not so much. Oh, we also got a new logo, so that'll be showing up in the promo. 
Um, I'm very excited for that. But thank you all for listening. And as always, go Bills. See you guys. Thank you.